0: welcome back to 20s and where to find them. I'm G. And I'm Lena, and this is a podcast about navigating the best and the worst period of your life. Your 20s. Join us as we discuss personal stories, lived experiences, and chat to you and others about this wild part of life. Woo!
1: <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to 20s and where to find them. How are we, Joy? Joe. <laughs>
0: I got that on camera as well. (laughs) I was like, I'll just record a little video. She introduces the podcast really professionally, but she can't remember my name. Haven't seen you for a week and this is what happens. (laughs) I'm so sorry. How are you? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty good. Yes, I'm good. I'm tired. It's been a very big week, but I'm good. It's been a good week. Yeah? Yeah. Do you have a highlight for me? Yeah, well, it's been a big week because my team at work have been working towards like a big milestone, um, an, an event uh, that we delivered on Friday and it went really well and it was really a highlight to see all our hard work pay off and like we'd been, yeah, working really hard towards it and I think seeing it go as smoothly as it could and then getting to celebrate afterwards as a team was really, really special. Oh, yeah. I like that. What about you?
1: um I went for a run around Prince's Park here Mm -hmm. in Melbourne with a friend and we set out to do a certain amount of k's but because it was humid and the wind was against us we were like let's just do a lap and call it um but then we just sat on the grass Mm -hmm. and stretched and chatted for a good hour and I was like this is really wholesome so
0: I think that was the highlight of my week that's nice yeah I My low light was um, getting bitten by a leech. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking gross. Never happened to me before. But I went for a bush walk this morning with my friend um, and we sat down to take a break out the top of a mountain and then we set off again and she was like, oh my God, your leg is bleeding so much. And I looked down and there was just like blood and then it had luckily fallen off and it actually didn't hurt. Like I didn't feel it bite me, but it just was really gross. And and fun fact that I learned about leeches, they have like a venom that stops the blood from clotting. So it just bleeds and bleeds. Do you want another fun fact about leeches? (laughs) (laughs) Sure.
1: Not only do they do 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 that, they also have 32 brains. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) You know, I've always wondered when this would come up in
0: conversation. (laughs) What? (laughs) They have 32 brains. Do you think that that means they have 32 personalities? That sounds very loud. Oh, God, I know. It's like a full... No wonder they need to bite people. <laughs> I know. That's like a full classroom of voices in your head. Jesus. Yeah. Wow. That is a very fun fact. Yeah. Where did you even learn that?
1: Um, there, was a, there was a night when me and mum were in Mexico and I was crawling through TikTok trivia
2: <laughs> and I got
1: sucked in. And it yeah. was
0: like, what animal has 32 brains? Leeches! Leeches, <laughs> wow. That is yeah. that is much more fun than my fact. You win. Mm. But I reckon that's why they bit you. Yeah, I mean, they're just angry. <laughs> well, at least one of them is out of the 32. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Oh, dear. So today we're going to talk about uh, friendship expectations we had when we were growing up about what they would be like in our
0: 20s versus what the reality <laughs> is of
1: them now and what we've learnt.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think we've written down a few ourselves and then have got some voice notes from some listeners as well to throw in there. And, yeah, interesting. I feel like, I don't know about you, any voice notes you chose to include, but the ones I picked, definitely there's a few, like, there's a few themes going on mm-hmm. that are overlapping so that well, that was interesting in terms of data collection.
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I feel the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. My first one, which I'm still working on, but I had this expectation that I needed to constantly be there for my friends as we were navigating through our 20s, so be readily available whatever I'm doing, I just needed to drop if a friend needed my help or any of any kind, and I felt like I couldn't say no. Um, which then would later build into resentment, as I Mm. learned. But the reality is you can't do that. (laughs) You can't just drop everything to help a friend. Can't be a hero. Mm. And I have my own stuff. And of course, I'm there for my friends when I can be. Um, But there are times where I have to realise that my friends have other support networks that they can reach out to and if I say no it's not going to be the end of the world but this is a work in progress <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I like that one that's interesting yeah yeah it's an interesting one I think I'm definitely still a work in progress yeah that as well. I think I have a tendency to probably like give too much sometimes like say yes to too mm. many things and then not know that I've given too much until It affects me negatively.
1: Yeah. And then you just, you feel angry and you Mm. feel angry at them because Mm. you're like, how dare you? (laughs) But then how were they supposed to know that you weren't actually there ready emotionally?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. My first expectation would be that it would be a lot more like a movie or a TV (laughs) show. (laughs) (laughs) I think um, in my head, I had this like very idealized vision of friendships in my 20s particularly I think female friendships um but also like I guess like your your guy best friend as well like this basically any cliche that you would have on a tv show I think as a teenager particularly a young teenager I think that's what I thought it would be like like constantly in and out of each other's houses once we all had our own places that would somehow magically be in the same neighbourhood, <laughs> um, that we would, like, go out all the time and you make a lot of memories together and you'd fight and make up and it'd be, like, really, yeah, just, like, dramatic and, tr- and like, constant in mm. each other's lives. Like, I guess, like, a sitcom or, like, your sort of stereotype on TV. But I think in reality, well, obviously, life is not a movie mm-hmm. or a TV show. <laughs> um and I think particularly on like the drama of like fighting with people and stuff, I think they're like drama filled friendships are just they're not like that's not a good sign. I think like Mm-mm. the older you get, hopefully you have less conflict with your friends. Or if you do then not often like dramatic And toxic a- events. Yeah. Like yeah. that's a red flag. Obviously if the further I've progressed through my twenties, I think like if you have conflict with people it's mean more like being able to safely talk about it and raise it rather than, like, it ending up in a fight. I'm sure that's not everyone's experience, but I guess that's kind of mine. And also just that, like, life happens and it's, you know, can be kind of boring and mundane and even, like, living with friends can be anything from, like, hard to fantastic to just kind of boring. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, And I think nowadays as well, like, now I'm in my mid-20s, a lot of my closest friends don't live near me or they've actually, like, moved, like, far away and I probably spend more time on the phone with them than in person. Mm. Um, But that, like – but that said, like, I feel like I have made a lot of memories and done a lot of things with my friends um, that are really special in my 20s but it probably makes those, like, more special when you don't have that constant um, seeing them every day like you do in high school. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It makes it stronger, I feel. Mm. It's just – yeah, because you have friends who move overseas – and even though you might not talk to them every day, when they come back it's like nothing's really changed either.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think even like like my one of my best friends lives interstate and we probably talk on the phone like every one to two weeks and even that time feels special where you like mm. might spend an hour talking to each other just while you do something mundane at home. Um but that feels like quality time and that's not doing some amazing crazy adventure. But also, at the same time, when we do get to be in the same place at the same time, it it becomes more special. And I feel like we pack more into that time as well. Yeah, It's quality over quantity.
1: That's right. (laughs) (laughs) On that same wavelength, I had the expectation that I would text my friends (laughs) all the time, like 15 messages (laughs) a day, pretty much. Just kind of like how it was in high school, how mm. you'd get home from school and then you'd be on <laughs> MSN or on Facebook Messenger. Yeah, um, There wasn't Instagram yet when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't messaging on Instagram, wasn't a thing.
0: Yeah, that's um. true. <laughs> <laughs> I was we like, so, Instagram, but it just was kind of it was, photo editing. Yeah, it was,
1: it was just different. photos. But we digress. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we just get home and message each other. And it was inseparable. Like mm. we had to message and on the weekend we'd be messaging if we weren't hanging out. Yeah. And I thought that would carry on over into my 20s and uh, it has not. <laughs> uh, I found myself now with me and my friends all working full-time jobs or being in different facets of life that my messaging is not so great and I'm lucky if I have a continuous back and forth conversation with a friend but it'll last like five minutes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, this is potentially a really boring adult sentence, but I find that if I have busy work weeks, I freaking hate replying to stuff because yeah. it feels like work. Like I spend all day on a computer instant messaging like team members at work or sending back and forth emails and it's like when I sit down on my couch to like watch TV or relax, I kind of just don't want to pick up my phone and keep trying to have five different conversations with different people. Mm. Um, Which kind of segues me to my next one in a very roundabout way of, for me, like, that feels like work because, well, not work, like, sometimes it's rewarding and good to talk to my friends, but it's definitely not that constant level of messaging that we had growing up with, like, MSN and stuff. And for me, a part of that is because I have a lot of separate friendships rather than, like, I don't really have that big group inbox where there's, like, eight, ten friends in it. (laughs) Which, that brings me to my next one where my expectation was that I would have a big group of tight-knit friends that I'd probably known since I was like a kid or a teenager um, and that that would be like a really big part of my life. And I know that this is definitely a thing that some people have and it's something that uh, honestly I'm still often quite envious of or feel insecure about not having, but for me, my reality is that my close friends are from different pockets of my life that I've built in my early to mid-twenties rather than people I've known since I was a kid or at high school. I do have a couple of people from those times in my life, but they're probably not my closest friends and they're, they're not a big group. Mm. And yeah, like I said, I think sometimes I feel very insecure about it Because that is, like, the stereotype that you're sold in, like, a lot of media, but also in, like, a lot of people's, like, Instagrams. (laughs) And, like, you know, they go to, like, festivals with a big group of friends or go away on weekends and stuff. And I think it might be the reality for some, but the older I get, I think it's more common to that not be your reality. And that doesn't make my close friendships or anyone else's less valuable, even though they might have been made in my early 20s rather than as a kid or that they don't all belong to the same group. Like probably my biggest like group of friends is like there's three of us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's me too. I was about to say my biggest friend group, we're four in total. But yeah, I'm exactly the same as you. There is no, I don't have a big group of friends. Even in high school though, I was never Mm. part of the bigger groups. It was me and two other girls and that's it. It was a little threesome. And then I would see everybody at lunchtime sitting in their big group Mm. of friends and I'd just be sitting there thinking, (laughs) but how do you all communicate with one
0: another? Yeah.
1: Like, how do you all not talk on top of one another? And because there'd be groups of like
0: six or more. Mm. Like, I think I've experienced both. I think I did have a big group in high school. There was probably like anywhere between six to 10 of us. And it's probably a combination of age and who it was, but those friendships felt so much more shallow than the friendships mm. I've cultivated with a couple of people that maybe crossover or even just one-on-one friendships. Um, and also I've, I've heard as well that it just kind of simplifies things and avoids some drama, which is definitely kind of good. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I don't know, I have like friends that, you know, in like a group of like 12 girls and they they might not be close to all 12, but, you know, that's like the bigger mm. group and the, the way they all know each other and there's definitely always drama going on yeah in a way it's kind of avoids that but yeah but it's definitely something um I I think I will continue to feel insecure about for a while yeah that makes sense
1: because it's you see it and you're just like oh I want that especially for things like your bachelorette party yeah or little things like that and when you're just like I don't have a big group of girlfriends who all get along Mm. and I even get anxious about Different friend groups meeting one another. Yeah,
0: I think for me, like, I having like birthdays and stuff, like, I love celebrating with my friends and I love having them all in the same room but I know that hanging out with strangers or people that you've only vaguely know or met once or twice can be like a big point of anxiety for people so then maybe they don't want to come and then if they don't come it makes me feel like that's something to do with me and so sometimes yeah I do feel like oh well if I had 12 friends and they were my best friends and they all knew each other then like that's the only people I'd ever hang out with and that would never have that problem and it would make (laughs) life a lot simpler yeah yeah but I'm not sure that that's true so maybe I'll just Keep working on it. Yeah. And usually when I do do birthday things that have like cross-sectional friendship groups, it usually is fine. And it's fine. You've got a great with each other. birthday. Yeah. Um,
1: I think it was two years ago now. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, you went here last year. <laughs> I wasn't here last
1: year, but two <laughs> years ago, that went down
0: splendidly. Yeah. And same with yours. That's what your birthday was yeah. like in January. And um, I, you know, all your friends are a lovely extension of you. And I, there was heaps of good people there to yeah. talk to. Yeah similar kind of vein as that, Mm.
1: I thought that in my early 20s going into like part-time jobs and going to the gym a lot more and branching out with the different types of people I would meet along the way, like at uni as well, that I would stay in touch Mm. with all those people that I'd met along the way, that those friendships would be like lifelong friendships. Because Mm. again, like you see it in the movies, like the people you meet at uni are going to be your lifelong (laughs) friends. Mm. Um, But the truth of the matter is you might just stay friends with like two or three. But like in part-time jobs, even though those friendships, I was really close to them whilst I was in the job, I I haven't heard from them Mm. since I left that job. And that's always a scary thing. And I think even now, should I ever leave the current job I'm at, I'd be really scared to lose the people I'm really close to at that particular job
0: at the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. Actually, uh, the book I've just been reading, she was talking about the same thing and how making friends in the context of something is something that terrifies her because she doesn't feel like those connections. Sh- she's always a bit more unsure of them because she's like, Oh, what if we only have this connection because we see each other every day or because we have this one thing in common and then, she gets worried that they wouldn't have that lasting connection. And I think sometimes that is so fine. Like, people come and go, but that was, like, a really relatable sentence.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. And, like, I feel like until I do something with them outside Mm. of that context is when I can be like, yes, they will be a friend (laughs) (laughs) that I hold on to should I change context that I know them in.
0: Mm. I think it ebbs and flows too as well. Like, I think... When we worked together, we were probably less close than we are now that we don't work together. That's very true. Mm. Actually, I actually really don't know how we got close. <laughs> don't know what where that happened. I, yeah, I think it was more towards the end of us working together and like having more maybe like mutual friends that we started doing stuff outside of work. Yeah. And then I think we didn't start doing stuff maybe just like one-on-one until, I don't know, like COVID or just before Mm, COVID. That's true. And then I think you're definitely one of the people I would count as getting a lot closer to during COVID because Mm. you didn't have any context. True. Like COVID removed all All the context. context. (laughs) And you either had friends that – you realised you could talk to about anything and everything without any backdrop of events or work and mm. you could just walk around streets that looked the same and just yeah. talk about whatever. Yeah. Um, or you realised there were people that you only could talk to at a bar or at a party yeah. or at work. Um, that was, at least that's what I found. Yeah. And that's really
1: special when you find those kinds of people.
0: Yes, it yes. is. <laughs> <laughs> My last one, which is is in a way kind of similar, um, which I think we've said now for everyone, but <laughs> that people aren't open to making new close friendships in their 20s, especially as you get older and move away mm-hmm. from those contexts of school or uni or things like that. But I think my reality, and this is one I still try to dispute sometimes because I think we can all know that feeling of, going into a new environment as an adult and feeling like oh my god everyone has a best friend already no one's gonna want to be my friend but I actually think that that's wrong I think there are a lot of people out there whether through situation or just like open-mindedness that are happy to welcome new people into their lives and build really deep close relationships that you couldn't have formed when you were younger for instance like the running group that I go to has a lot of people that have moved here from overseas. And Mm. I think a lot of people like that, they're looking for close friends. They're looking to build a friendship base from scratch in a new place. And this is probably something you experienced when you lived overseas is when you have those contexts removed, you actually become a lot more open to letting people in your life. And I also think when you get a little bit older, you start to work out your values a bit quicker and who gels with you on an emotional level more. And I don't think you get more cutthroat, but I think I definitely... You get more, you triage it a little bit more. You're Mm. like, where can this person
1: fit into my life at the moment?
0: Yeah, and I definitely interact with people and either go like, yeah, like I really connect with that person. Or I can often really quickly be like, don't think we have the same values, so I'm probably not going to make the same emotional investment into you. I don't know, like, even some of the people I'm working with at the moment, like, who knows, it's still very, like, new and, you know, life moves on and moves in funny ways and maybe we won't stay close friends. But there are a lot of people there where I'm like, wow, we have a lot of the same value sets and they're the type of people I can see building close relationships with. And, and, d- and I think that's the, the starting point is, like, if you're open to that and you want those things and then you can identify who fits in with who you are and mm. your life, Then I think you're very open to making close friends, even as an adult in your 20s. And and I hope so in my 30s. Like my mum's group of best friends she met when I was in primary school, some of her closest friends. So she would have been in her like mid 30s to late 30s. Yeah. And they're like, they text they text all the time oh, wow <laughs> they, have, they the group have a lot chat. of time <laughs> 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 they have a group chat
1: <laughs> it's interesting that you say that about of course people who move to a different place are very open in mm. terms of making friends but i find it interesting cuz when i was living in montreal i struggled to make friends mm. even though i'd like put myself out there and found a job and like a group of people that i could like hang out with yeah but I found it was very hard to like infiltrate for lack of a better word (laughs) myself into their lives because they all already had their routines and everything they wanted to do in their friendship groups and I feel like maybe they were a bit more closed-minded on letting Mm. someone who was here on like a working holiday and not permanent into their lives and yeah I'm not saying that that's how they felt or they intended on making me feel but it definitely felt that way for Mm. me
0: yeah I don't think it's one I have like a definite, no, this is the reality and this is not what happens. But I think it's something I probably like when I was younger felt more like, oh, people make their best friends when they're like 16 and then that's your best friend forever. They're going to be like your bridesmaid and, you know, look after your baby and like, you know, be there when you die. And like, oh, I don't mm. really, I know like one person I knew when I was 16. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> no, two, two, two. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean. Should we listen to some other people's yeah. answers? Yes.
1: So we asked other people to give us their expectations versus the reality of friendships in our 20s. Um, do you want to go first, You with the people
0: you've got? Yeah, sure.
3: So a uh, friendship expectation I had about my 20s was um, I definitely thought that my
1: friendship group from high school, um, we were going to be like besties forever, and maybe by like 25, which is where I'm at now, and uh, we'd be like going to each other's weddings and all the rest um and I still love them to bits, but yeah it's crazy how life expect uh life changes like I moved states, I moved away um, have you know forced me to make new friendships away from that high school group,
4: and yeah they've these new friendships have become like thick and fast um so yeah, that's a bit different
0: mm, yeah, yeah. Kind of what we were saying before. I think that one, um, where your like circumstances change and makes you be open to to different to different people things. and different yeah. different places and people. Yeah, and like sometimes the
1: friends that you have in high school, like you grow up and you realize, well, actually our values don't really align
4: at all anymore, yeah.
1: and they just kind of
4: fade. <laughs> My main expectation, I think, was that the friends you, all the friends you had during school and during your casual jobs, like in your late teens and maybe early twenties, that they would all continue on as you, um, as you got older. And uh, definitely there's friends that I still have from school and from past jobs and things like that, but there's definitely friends that have come and gone. And originally that was hard to, I think, accept. But as you get older and you also meet new people and make new friends, you realise that sometimes there's people for certain periods of your life.
0: Told you that was a bit of a thing. Uh, (laughs) Me and that listener are going to become best friends! That was like a common one that came up with us and... Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm sure a lot of people
3: feel like that. It might have just been the group that I was hanging out with, but I felt like in my early 20s, so much of like the deeper things that we shared were uh, like problems we were going through, being the one with the drama at the party or so many in-jokes that meant that you had to attend every gathering in order to be able to keep socialising with those people. Um And that became really stressful and it wasn't something that I enjoyed or felt like was sustainable even then. And I definitely feel like once you hit your later 20s, there's a real shift to your friends are the people that you actually want to make time for. And you know that your friends, regardless of how often you catch up, and obviously like frequency is really nice, but there's also that understanding that we've got jobs and different lives and busy schedules and the expectations are different. Whereas I feel like when you're in your early 20s and particularly coming out of high school, you have to readjust and reassess and figure out, is this a friend that I, I want to keep making time for? Or is this someone who was a friend because we went to the same school, did the same activities, shared the same experiences? And I think that's a really important adjustment to make.
0: Ooh, I like that one. That's really interesting that she felt like, You have to see people all the time and that you can't miss out. I definitely find that relatable. I remember when I was in year seven, Mm. we had a group of six girls that were friends and we all had to hang out. If we did something on the weekend, all six of us had to be available (laughs) or people would be legitimately like pissed off and like – upset that you left them out even if it was just because like they were busy Mm. whereas like now no (laughs) 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 like if I I don't know imagine if I know we had like a third person and we always had to wait to hang out until it was just the three of us and it just doesn't work like that anymore as an adult like
1: it's very Mm. much I have my friendship group and then within that friendship group we all hang out with each other one-on-one yeah and the other person doesn't always have to be invited
0: And I think nowadays if I was part of like a group and people were like being shitty about not being there because they had something on or something, like that would be such a big red flag. Whereas like I don't feel jealous like when you and like Sam hang out or Mm. something, I respect that you guys are friends and he does the same to us and it's not like a fear of missing out. or it's not a (laughs) malicious thing at all. Yeah, it's just a reality of life. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Friendship expectations in your 20s it's weird cuz it's like largely derived from friends friendship expectations from like past generations that we've seen in like sex in the city and i mean those women were older but like girls especially but i feel like there's not really anything for like gen c friendship in your 20s cuz like i feel like the closest thing would be like euphoria And that's, like, one really really unrealistic, but also, like, they're all teenagers, supposedly. So I don't know. I feel like you expect... They, like, cause I live in New York City, and like, there's all these shows about like people having these like huge apartments and like huge friend groups and stuff. Um, like, I met your mother, or friends, and that's just like very far from the truth. But at the same time, like, I feel like there are very little snippets of truth within those things. Like, because I think when you're in your 20s, which is already like a very scary and lost time, when you're, you tend to really rely on the people that you do have, whether it be just one person or six people. So I think the the codependency of the friend groups in those shows is very true, even if we don't get to hang out with each other every single day like they do in those shows. But I think the codependency is very close to reality in my experience.
1: (laughs) Good word there, codependency. Codependency boy, do I know about that (laughs) in a friendship.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I liked that one too because I think I would tend to agree. I think that that is one thing that like a lot of those shows do kind of nail is that it might look different in reality but I think relying on your friends and moving away from that reliance you have on your family, like your parents when you're a kid and a teenager but it's before a lot of us are like married and have kids or whatever your like family situation ends up being maybe as a later adult I think your friends do become your family Mm. a lot in your 20s and they're the people that you go to with like good or bad news first or who you call if you're like really upset or who might like come and accompany you like a scary thing and celebrate like your wins and stuff and I think I like that that sentiment like does ring true from a lot of those shows Mm. even if everything else is a bit bullshit yeah (laughs) I was like the Gen Z comment I think Maybe maybe there's a market for a sitcom that's about people that just text each other. <laughs> 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 they never actually see each other in real life.
1: <laughs> you know what? I reckon that some of my kids
4: <laughs> in high school, that's that's where they're heading, so... <laughs> The first friendship expectation I had coming into my 20s was that uni was the place that you made all your friends. You'd have this wonderful big group of friends and you would stay together for the rest of your 20s and 30s and have intellectual conversations and, you know, really find yourselves with them. Um, not that I haven't made good friends through uni, but I think that was certainly not the reality for me. I found that actually even my work friends were... Some of my better friends and that uni friends kind of came and went, and there wasn't necessarily that big group feel, at least not for me. I don't regret that, but that certainly wasn't what I was sort of led to believe based on movies and TV shows. The second expectation that I had was that you probably needed to spend time with your friends all the time, you know, that your friends were the people you spent the most time with them, what they were around, and what I've been really pleasantly surprised by is. That a lot of my close friendships have, you know, separated because of people traveling and moving overseas as you do in your twenties, but that I've been able to pick up where I left off with those friends, regardless of how long we've had apart, you know, a year, two years. And that while you're not maybe the best at communicating over text or voice messages while they're away, when you do finally see each other again, it's as if you never left. And that intimacy of that friendship is still there, which is really lovely.
0: That's nice. I agree with the fact that, yeah, I also thought that
1: uni was the place that I would meet the love of my life <laughs> and where I would meet all of my friends. And, like, yes, I do have some very, very close friends from my master's, but my undergrad, no, 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 mm. no,
0: no.
1: Um, and, I no, I did not meet the love of my life at uni either. So
0: <laughs> I my wo- parents lied. <laughs> 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 I wonder if that's, like, an... More of like a less of an Australian reality as well. Like, I know it is like a big uh, thing on like maybe like American and British like TV, mm. but I also think maybe because a lot more Australian kids stay at home to do, uni. yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Yeah, so I'm like, I wonder. If you're based in the UK or the US and you did have that, I guess, more like movie typical, like college or university experience, maybe you can tell us, is is that where you met your Mm. closest friends and your love of your life? (laughs) 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 Yeah, because similar to you, like I didn't really make friends at uni no um not in that way anyway
1: I also think it might be a generational thing though mm-hmm. I feel like our parents uni was a bigger thing in terms of making friends at least for my parents
0: yeah my mum is still like one of her closest friends she met at university yeah not so much my my dad no like his closest mm. friends are from when he grew up when he was nine but and um, yeah <laughs> sorry
1: a rare breed <laughs> <laughs>
0: But yeah, I liked those. I think there's definitely like a theme though throughout a lot of those expectations that we all expected to stay closer with people that you met when you were younger Younger. or in your early 20s. And yeah, that's not been a lot of people's experiences. No.
1: But I got to say, I'm really grateful for that. I'm really grateful that the people I have in my life now aren't people that I met when I was younger because I feel like I'm a completely different person to what I was like then. And those people that I was friends with when I was younger, bar like one or two, they don't align with my values anymore.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent, I think, without sounding like too much of a snob, I think I I really (laughs) outgrew the people that I was friends with in high school. Bar like the one girl that I am still friends with. I think we had the beauty of growing together. We're definitely not as close as we were when we were in year eleven and twelve, but She's still one of my close friends, um, but everyone else... I kind of got to a point in my 20s where I realised through circumstance, but I realised, so I was like, these people kind of suck. Well,
1: that's the thing. (laughs) And I feel like I'm grateful to know you now Mm. because if I had met you when we were 15, 16... We wouldn't have been friends. I thought about this on my morning walk (laughs) this morning. And I was like, I wonder what G was like in high school. She probably was a popular girl. Yeah, we wouldn't have been friends.
0: (laughs) This is what Sam says to me all the time as well. (laughs) I like show him like a one one or two photos of me as like a sixteen year old. He's like, Nah, we wouldn't have dated. You wouldn't have thought I was cool. But I true, would have though. thought you were too cool and not talked to you. <laughs> and I was like, ah, little did you know I wasn't cool at all and I was insecure as fuck in the inside. So <laughs> Yeah, but it didn't seem like that. And that's all that matters. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, I, I agree. I think I'm very grateful the people I have in my life right now fit my life really well and I met them at a point where that was able to happen. And mm-hmm. um, I know, and like this is something that we can spend a lot of time on in a different episode, but I, like when I was 21, my circumstances changed really dramatically and it caused me to basically have a refresh of everyone that I was friends with and that, you know, was traumatic but it also cemented who was worth keeping and who was not and it opened up a whole lot of space in my life to have really beautiful friends that I do have now and I might have only had them in my life for you know four to five years or Mm. some even less but they're really well suited to me and I'm very grateful for them do you have a recommendation uh you go first
1: (laughs) I've forgotten mine.
0: All right. I'm going to hit you with a book (laughs) for something new. (laughs) What else is new here? Go Um, on. Give us an enlightened recommendation.
1: I will wait for the week that you (laughs) give me something that is silly. (laughs) It'll
0: happen. I'm silly too, I promise. Um, No, um, this recommendation has been everywhere. So I'm sure a lot of people um, in our demographic have, have already heard of it, but I have just finished it. Um today it's called I'm Glad My Mum Died by Jeanette McCurdy. Oh, I really want to read that book. It's very good. Uh, definitely, like, trigger warning of, like, a lot of heavy eating disorder discussion. So if that's something that is triggering for you, like, go in with caution. But fascinating read. Like, mm. and really eye-opening to a lot of issues with, like, you know, childhood stardom, but also just like an interesting exploration of like the pedestal that we put mothers on and how that can sometimes be t- abused by people in that position. And I yeah. think, you know, there's a lot of um, times that, and, you know, this is, this is take this all with a pinch of salt as just opinion, but I think there's a lot of time where, you know, men get painted with like having a bad you know they have power in like you know parental positions and sometimes that can you know go really badly and have awful like abusive consequences but I think we rarely hear stories like that about mothers mm. Um, and it did make me think a lot and yeah I think it's just a really interesting story and it's you know about the privilege of having, like, youth and space to develop and grow Mm. independently. Um, So, yeah, would really recommend. Yeah. And it's written really well from the, like, small
1: snippets I've been read at by Mm. my friend who (laughs) brought it with her to the beach on my birthday. Yeah. It's written in a very easy way that's funny Mm. and satirical and also just – very relatable all at the same time. Yeah, Susan so did a great job. Yeah. Um
0: I actually listened to it and she reads the audiobook so I would actually highly almost recommend the audiobook over mm. reading it like um, obviously if you want to read the paperback and that's more your style go for it but audiobook she reads it and so like sh- her like delivery mm. is very like pointed and like the yeah like that satirical voice comes through really well. Oh, okay. Um my
1: recommendation of the week along the same lines as the book is to go to your local library nice um now I'm privileged I work in a school so my (laughs) I can go to the school library and hire books that I want um but I do tutor a friend and we do it at the library and every time I go I get to pick out new books to read and I think it's just such a great free environment where I have a list of books I want to read and I can just borrow as many books as I want that I've been
0: on my reading list yeah, well, yeah. I listened to this through the library. Did oh you God. know you can also do that? I did not know you could do that. Yeah, but that is so good to know. There's a, there's two apps. I think one is called BorrowBox, mm. and one is called Libby, and sometimes libraries use both, but. Um, they might use one or the other so you could ask at your local library all you have to do is be like a member of a library and then you can just use your library membership login to log in to these apps and then they have ebooks and audio ebooks that you can download and it just works the same as the library like they might have three or four copies so if they're all like on loan you can reserve it and you have to wait but they have yeah heaps. So that's where I listen to all my audiobooks. Excellent. Well,
1: (laughs) duly noted as well.
0: Learn something new every day. Yeah.
1: How did you go on the giving compliments to one person a day?
0: I actually think I did it properly this time. Oh, yeah? Our first five-star achievement for me. Um, But I must say I think upon reflection... I think it's just something I actually do quite a lot. I think I do give a lot of compliments, um, which I like. So it made me more conscious of the fact that I do it. But um, I do think I'm a complimentary person. And it is one of my favourite things, especially when someone's wearing like a really cool outfit, even if they're a stranger, like on the train, and they're getting off at the same time as you and you're like, Damn, you have cool pants. Yeah.
1: I do that too. <laughs> and then sometimes I get really weird looks and I'm like, I'm just trying to make your day a little bit better. I oh,
0: know. <laughs> most of the time it's
1: well received. But most of the time, yeah. Yeah. So do you have a challenge for us this week?
0: Yes, I do. It's because I'm also challenging myself. It's something I've been trying to do, a consistent bedtime. So I challenge you. This is what I do. I set an alarm on my phone for the weeknights set um, for me personally, I'm like quite an early sleeper. I set it at nine fifteen, and that's my like get ready for bed alarm. So All right. At nine fifteen, if I'm still like sitting in the lounge room or something, that's when I know I, like have to get up and clean my teeth, do my skincare, and then like get into bed and start like reading and going to sleep. Okay. Do we have a specific time? Well, that mine I need to input. No, you can whatever okay. works for you. But I think like a time that gets you enough sleep. All right. Do you know yeah, I was trying, trying to improve my sleep hygiene, so now you're coming on the journey with me. All right, challenge <laughs> of the week,
1: <laughs> improve your sleep hygiene.
0: Yeah, it's at a regular bedtime. Well, thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you. We hope you have a lovely week. Yeah. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. This podcast was recorded at the Victorian State Library on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.